0: Believers, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. I'm Dr. Shantae, and welcome to this episode. You know, I have realized that as we start to close out this season, this season has been very much about personal development and self-development, more so than strategies and things like that. And it's been very transparent and it's been very candid. And there's a reason for that. I don't care what strategy I give you. I don't care how I lay it out and what systems we can set up and what tools I tell you to use. At the end of the day, if you don't have the internal pieces working in harmony, if you don't have your internal systems working in harmony no matter what you do or attempt to do, it's not going to be successful. And so self-work is always the toughest work. I tell my mastermind group, the 12, self-work is always the toughest work. And anytime we're about to do a session where there's going to be self-work involved, I always give them a warning. (laughs) I always give them a heads up. I'm like, okay, brace yourselves because this is where we're going to have to work through some internal things. And no matter how much you think you quote unquote have it together, We all have work to do. We all have some things that we need to work through. And so what we're focusing on today is what we think about. We are what we think is where we're going with this. And our guiding thought for today is a scripture that I have known for many, many years. When I was growing up, I was part of a mission group of teenage girls called Acteens. And this was our guiding scripture. We had to say it every single time we met And so I know it by heart. And it is Philippians 4, 8, and it says this, finally brothers and sisters, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And some versions of the Bible, depending on which one you have, says meditate on these things. And so we're going to be talking about what you think. One of the things that I've been listening to uh, via Audible is a seminar from Zig Ziglar called Born to Win. And this was his signature talk. And this was what he kind of built his fame and his entire company and empire off of this notion of of born to win. And it all starts for him with what you think about. And so I love this quote from him that says, what you feed your mind determines your appetite. So if you think about that, if you think about what it is that you want, what it is that you desire, I have to ask the question, how much of what you want is determined by what you see? Because what you see influences what you think. And so if you scroll through social media, if you watch television and you see commercials and all of that, how much of what you want out of life is determined by what you see? And I have spoke about in the podcast in the past that we walk by faith and not by sight because walking by sight is such a dangerous thing. It's such a dangerous thing because what you see, is only what you see. You don't see the whole picture. You don't see the whole story. You don't see the consequences in the moment. All you see is what you see. And I'll give you a, a relatively harmless example. One time I was on Instagram and I was scrolling through because I wanted some of those, uh, what do you call them? Faux locks, goddess locks, something like that. And I came across this particular stylist who had done locks and I she did them like in a cute little updo and her claim to fame was that she would get it done in less than two hours. And I was like, okay, okay, you know, cause I don't have all day to be sitting up in the chair and in the salon and things like that. And so I went and I made my appointment and, hmm, how to put this, um, strike one was I had to wait 35 minutes for her to show up. And when she did show up, she was not apologetic but she was waiting for her girl to show up to do the braiding because she didn't do the braiding. She just did the finishing. That's how they were able to get done in two hours. So they had a system. So I had to wait for her girl to show up. And then whilst I was sitting there, other clients started to come in because she had kind of double booked and overbooked herself. And so she was switching back and forth in between clients and during this time was really unprofessional, smoking cigarettes, her boo thing came in and they got into it, and he was going through her purse. And I said to myself, mm, never again. Never, no, not ever, in the history of ever. I said, going forward. I will make sure that I have a personal referral for any sort of stylist because going just based off of what I see, what I saw, the picture gallery, it was not worth the headache and the aggravation that I had to endure with that particular stylist. And even though that's a relatively quote unquote harmless example, it just goes to show that sometimes what we see is not always what is. As my granny used to say, all that glitters is not gold. Today's episode is asking the question, how much of what you want out of life is determined by what you see? How much of what you want for your business is determined by what you see? How much of what you want for your platform is determined by what you see? How much of what you want for your blog is determined by what you see? How much of what you want for your videos and tutorials is determined by what you've seen somebody else do? what you see influences what you think. And so I wanted to break this scripture down, just going literally like word by word. So you know, I'm an English professor. So I'm always going to break it down to like the word and the definition, right? Because initially, when I learned this scripture years ago, I just thought that the Apostle Paul was repeating himself. I'm like, These are synonyms. You're just being redundant. He says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. But I actually went to the dictionary and I said, let me break down these definitions just in case there are some subtle differences and distinctions that maybe I'm just not seeing. And so I went to the dictionary and there actually are some distinctions between these two words. So the first two things he says is whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest. True means this, factual and verifiable. Honest means without deceit. And I said, wow, those are, are actually pretty significant differences. And so he says, whatsoever things are true, you should think about. If it can be verified, if it is factual, so not these quote-unquote alternative facts, okay, but if it can be verified, this is verifiable and actual information, think on these things. And then he says, honesty without deceit, think on those things. And so that made me think, What lies do we constantly think about on a day-to-day basis? You know, we have a set of lies or a set of, some people call them limiting beliefs. I just call them lies, okay? So we have a set of limiting beliefs that we tend to gravitate towards and that we tend to think about, and it hinders us in business and in life. So, for example... One of these lies might be if I'm not a size six or if I don't weigh this amount or if my body is not without flaw, then I'm socially unacceptable. Because body shaming is a real thing in our society. So I was recently looking at a blogger and she was giving props to Kelly Rowland. So Kelly Rowland of Destiny's Child. And she was saying, all right, Kelly, because Kelly, I guess, is on vacation somewhere. And it was the back of Kelly. So it was showing her behind. People saw things like little stretch marks or little dimples. And then in the comments section, people were like, oh, she better hit the gym or I can't believe she let them catch her out there like that. Or she needs to do some squats and And of course, these comments were coming from people who look like a tub of butter, you know, but the point is that body shaming is a very real thing. And so when we see comments like that, or we see things that are out there in social media or in regular media, we start to internalize the belief that if we're not a certain size, or if we're not a certain weight, or that if our body isn't flawless, you know, without scar, dimple, anything like that, then our bodies are socially unacceptable. And unfortunately, Hollywood reinforces that. So on the red carpet, there is not a woman on that red carpet. And in many cases, men on that red carpet that are not wearing some form of Spanx or body shaper or what have you, because as human beings, the older you get, your body just starts to break down. Things are not going to be as firm as they used to be. Heaven forbid, if you've carried some kids, um, things are just not going to snap back right into place as Hollywood would have you to believe. There are many, many people who have undergone uh, surgeries, nips and tucks and things like that and have resources that the average working person just does not have. And so we buy into that. And we start to hide ourselves and we start to cower and we start to lack confidence and security and we don't want to put ourselves out there because we don't fit this quote unquote mold. That's not true and it's not verifiable. So why do we believe it? Why do we hold on to it? Why do we internalize it and why do we live by it? Another lie is unless I have X amount of followers, I can't be an effective influencer. Let me tell you something. There are people out here making millions of dollars in their consultancy, millions of dollars in their speaking business, millions of dollars going from town to town and place to place and company to company and organization to organization, giving them valuable content and don't have 500 followers on Instagram, barely 100, because they spend their time not on social media. They basically have better things to do with their time. And so just because you don't have... A certain amount of followers doesn't mean that you can't be an effective influencer. But again, that is a lie that kind of gets put out there. And we use that as the capital. We use that as the means and the currency by which we measure our value. And that's just not true. We tell ourselves lives like, well, if he don't love me like Barack loves Michelle or like Russell loves Sierra or like fat kids love cake, then the love is not real. Listen, <laughs> love is not romance, brothers and sisters. Love and romance are two totally, completely, and separate, different... I know that we like to equate them. I know that we like to pair them together, love and romance. But love and romance... Are not in the same camp okay because there is nothing romantic about being by somebody's bedside while they're in the hospital changing out bedpans or wiping their butts or the slob from their chin because they become physically incapacitated and they're not able to do these things for themselves there's nothing romantic About putting up with the insults of in laws or family members for the sake of keeping the peace. There's nothing romantic about having to forgive somebody after they've done you wrong and broken your heart. No, all of those fall under the category of love. Love is an action word, love is a choice, love is a decision and love requires a set of competencies that are very different than romance. But again, these are lies that we tell ourselves that if our relationship doesn't look like Russell Wilson and Sierra, and if it doesn't look like this person, then we don't wanna have any parts of it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that that romance doesn't have its place, it absolutely has its place, but please, if you are seeking a loving relationship, I want you to talk to some people that have been married for a number of years. Okay, I'm talking 10, 12, 15, heck, even five or seven. And they will tell you that it's not always midnight strolls and ice cream cones and walks on the beach. Those things have their place, absolutely. But talk to some of those couples and they will let you know what the real deal is. In fact, Barack and Michelle will tell you what the real deal is. So don't allow, again, what you see to influence what it is that you think, and then what you think about and what you desire becomes something that's not even realistic or attainable. Again, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, without deceit, the enemy plants lies in our minds all the time. I understand that. He's the father of lies. The Bible says that he is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. So the fact that the enemy lies, the fact that the devil lies, the fact that he puts these Untruths out there, the fact that he puts these things in our minds to manipulate and try to deceive us, that is what it is. I don't expect him to do anything less. He can't do anything but that. That is pretty much his design and his purpose. The key is do you believe it? Do you believe it? If it doesn't line up with God's word, if it's not true, if it's not verifiable, why do you subscribe to it? Why do you believe it? The lies are out there and they're always going to be out there, but you have a choice about what you believe. Then Paul says, whatsoever things are just and whatsoever things are pure. So I looked these up too. And so just means ethical, righteous, and moral. And pure means free of contamination. And so what this made me think about is how much of what we consume on television, on radio, in conversation with other people, or what we see on social media falls under this criteria. And I'll repeat it, ethical, righteous, moral, And free of contamination. So I'll be perfectly honest with you. There are some shows that I used to love that it got to a point where I had to stop watching them because it was so out of alignment from how I wanted to live life. And I know, oh, it's just entertainment. Oh, it's just a story. You know, like Shonda Rhimes, her bio is literally, I make up stuff for a living. Don't bring me your craziness. So I get it. I understand that it's entertainment, but you would be foolish and naive to think that what you see and what you listen to doesn't have any sort of impact, that it just goes in one ear and right out the other, that it just goes in your eyes and it just kind of dumps out at the end of the night and you get a fresh reset all the time. That is just not the truth. I want you to think about this. So for the Super Bowl, for Super Bowl advertising, it's up to, I think, a million and a half maybe closer to $2 million per 60-second segment for the Super Bowl. So to run a Super Bowl ad, you are gonna be spending some dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Okay, about $2 million to run that 60-second ad. And in order for that advertiser to get a good return on their investment, that means that they need to have converted those viewers into spending about $20. So think about that. 60 seconds to influence you in such a way emotionally, to make you laugh, to make you cry, to engage you, to get you talking at the water cooler the next day. 60 seconds to make that sort of impact, to influence you, to go into your wallet and spend this kind of money. So if that's 60 seconds, what do you think 60 minutes is going to do? Day in and day out, week in and week out. How much time do you spend on social media looking at things and consuming things that don't really serve you day in and day out? How much time do you spend watching programs that don't really serve you or don't fall into that criteria of being ethical or moral or without contamination? There's only so much of that. That you can take. There's only so much of that that you can absorb and think that it's not going to have any sort of impact. And this isn't a judgment. We're grown. You know, do what you want to (laughs) do. You know, even Paul says that. He says it is lawful for us to do all things. He said, you can do whatever you want to do. But he also says, but it's not always in our best interest to do those things. And so when you are thinking about who you want to become, think about how much of what you consume meets the criteria of being just and being pure. Zig Ziglar has another quote that says, you have to feed your mind daily with the good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, and the positive. And so if you think about what it is that you consume daily, how much of it is negative? How much is garbage? How much of it is shade? How much of it is tabloid messiness? Think about that. You can only consume so much of that before it begins to have an impact. And if you think that I'm way off base here, Thomas Corley wrote a book called Rich Habits, The Daily Success Habits of Wealthy Individuals, and various iterations of his work has been published in places like Business Insider and in Forbes. But I want to pull out some key statistics from that study. One of them is only 6% of the wealthy watch reality shows compared to 78% of the poor. The common variable among the wealthy is how they make productive use of their time. And so for the most part, people who are wealthy only spend about an hour a day watching television. And I know that this is difficult for me because I love Netflix. I love Amazon Prime. I love the ability to just watch a season of a show and not have to deal with the commercials and not have to deal with waiting from one week to the next to find out what's going to happen. I love House of Cards. I get it. But I have to limit it. I have to consume it in smaller amounts. Sometimes for me, it's just a mental release from thinking about things that are business related and brand related and platform related because at some point your brain does have to reset itself. And so sometimes it does need a break and that's what I use those platforms to do. But if this is like a habit of life and you're spending more time on those things than you are on your business, as the Bible says, you reap what you sow. So what goes in is what comes out, how you spend your time and what you do with your hours. You know, everybody got the same amount of hours. So what you do with them determines what your outcomes are going to be. Another statistic says this. The rich are voracious readers on how to improve themselves in fact, 88% of them read for self-improvement for 30 minutes each day compared to 2% of poor people. And so I can't remember. Nope, I take that back. For the first time in a long time this year, I read a book for pleasure. <laughs> I read a book for fun. It was called Mycroft Homes by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because I do love the Sherlock series. And that was a rarity. Nine times out of 10, if I'm reading a book, it's some sort of self-help, self-improvement, because I know that self-work is the toughest work. I understand that it's not just strategy. It's about mindset. Hear me, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, mindset is 90% of the gig. Most of what we do is mindset. If you don't have the mindset to go forth and produce this work, if you're not motivated, if you're not passionate, if you're not doing it with the proper intentions, if you're not doing it without self-doubt, if you're not doing it comparing your, by not comparing yourself to others, you are going to struggle. You're going to struggle. And so that's why most people spend that time, most wealthy people spend the time in self-improvement because even as a wealthy person, they still have their own hurdles. Last episode, we talked about Selena Gomez on paper. She wants for nothing. She's got fame. She's got fortune. She's got followers. She's got fans. What's her problem? Well, Selena Gomez is in therapy four or five times a week dealing with anxiety. So don't get it twisted just because you have things, does it mean that you have the proper mindset to excel and be successful? And then this last statistic, they asked how many of them, how many wealthy people, so he did a study over five years, Listen to audiobooks. 63% of people that are considered wealthy listen to audiobooks, most of them on their commute or on the treadmill or something like that. So even if you don't have the time or the discipline or the focus to just sit down and read a book, Audiobooks is a great alternative because it's something that you can listen to and do on the go. But the point is, in each one of these statistics, wealthy people are very mindful about what they consume. They are very mindful about what wastes time and what makes money. And so how do they want to spend their time? How do they want to make the best use of their time? They don't spend it doing a lot of frivolous things because what you see influences what you think and what you think about determines what you ultimately do. And I want to close our podcast with this. So I'm reading a book right now called Wired to Create. It came out very recently. So it's by Scott Kaufman and Carolyn Gregoire. And I will put that in the show notes if you're interested. But I'm reading this book, Wired to Create, and they have a quote in there from Carl Jung, who is a very famous psychologist. So if you majored in psychology, then you know exactly who I'm talking about. And he has this quote that says this, Your visions will only become clear to you when you can look inside your own heart. He who looks outside dreams. He who looks inside awakes. I'll repeat that. Your visions will only become clear to you when you can look inside your own heart. He who looks outside dreams. He who looks inside awakes. And so if you are building your life around what you see, if you are building your life around what you think you are supposed to have based on what you see on TV or on social media or what the next door neighbor has or whatever, whatever, Carl Jung says that you are. Dreaming, that it's not original. He said, but your vision is only going to become clear when you look inwardly, when you look inside. That is the person who is awake, as we like to say, woke. Okay, so that is the person that moves the needle. That is the person that breaks out of the box and breaks away from the pack because they're not looking at what everybody else is doing. They're looking inwardly at what they want to do. There is a scripture that talks about giving and it says don't give grudgingly or out of necessity because the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So you might be familiar with that scriptures that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. When you do things out of obligation or when you do things with a grudge or like, Oh, I got to do this. You know, your attitude matters. The attitude in which you do things matters because it determines the outcome. So this is why we've spent so much time this season On attitude and mindset, and and clearing out some of the internal junk because no matter what you do, even if you do all the right things, even if you tick all the right boxes and you go through all the right motions, if your attitude is not in alignment with these principles things that are true, things that are honest, things that are just, and things that are praiseworthy it's not going to manifest a positive outcome. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason, and it's not going to have a positive outcome. So not only does your attitude matter, but what you consume matters. And when I say consume, meaning what you watch, what you listen to, what you discuss, because all of those things influence what you think. And the Bible says... As a man thinketh, so he is. And so you want to be very mindful about what you meditate on. So I'm going to close the same way that I started with our opening scripture. Finally, brothers. So finally, brothers and sisters, after this whole podcast episode, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on, meditate on these things. So I hope that that was helpful to you. You know, as always, you can hit me up at Dr. Shantae Says. I love your feedback. I always respond to the comments. Please share this with somebody who needs to hear it. We're in the home stretch of this season, two episodes left. I will definitely be sharing some opportunities for how we can get together and stay connected during our short recess. I'll see you guys next time.